Oh hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Secondary Fermentation, presented by East Carolina Beer and Brewing. We are now at episode number 38. And feeling great. And feeling great. Almost 40. <laughs> Almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> we're closer to 40 this time than we were last. We are. We are much closer. Uh, this is Joe, and as usual, I am joined by... Lauren. And... And 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 Lauren and Lauren Lauren and Lauren and, 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 and Elsie Nick. Nick Wow Oh and Nick's here too I guess Yeah he is just a little bit <laughs> decided to drop by Yeah just a touch Oh uh, hey I didn't see you there Oh hey, <laughs> oh, hey. you just snuck out I'm right in her line of sight and she's like Oh I didn't see you <laughs> I'm sitting directly in front of you You the pop filter the pop filter is huge It's <laughs> just giant Oh I didn't see you behind We've the pop filter We've actually never seen what we look like in person We all have no idea who each other are so Yeah it's kind of like when you meet a gamer friend online and you like play games online and then you just never know this person in reality yeah. although some people do meet up with their gaming buddies mm-hmm. yeah your one friend does you know yeah. they go on extravagant trips oh a man oh yeah cory mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah i was like i've i've never done that <laughs> i know yeah not you no you don't have any gamer gamer friends or friends or friends exactly friends. i was gonna Ooh. say that <laughs> well she was gonna say it too so yeah <laughs> Well, we've uh, we've started out with a beer cracked here. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a special can. I don't know how special it is, but it's got a lot of crazy stuff going on in it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it there, Nick? Yeah, so this is a sour ale from 26 Acres in Concord, North Carolina. This is called Mountainberry Punch. It's a sour ale, part of their Electro Platypus series. Electro Platypus series. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you look at the can and... There's a depiction of a strawberry, a raspberry, a blackberry, and a blue raspberry. And those are all featured in this sour ale. Ah, uh, yes. The real fruit of blue raspberry. <laughs> the real fruit. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> According to the can, once you try it, you'll say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It does I'm... have the little, like, Kool-Aid. Oh, it does have oh, the it Kool-Aid does. Face on it. Yeah. Will it make me bust through walls? You know, if you drink enough. <laughs> I mean, it does smell quite fruity. Yeah. It just reminds me yeah. of going out into the old blue raspberry fields and back picking, when I used to pick blue raspberries. <laughs> picking the blue raspberries, me and Paul going out there and, and getting them. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, color wise, it's kind of a dullish pink red color, kind of like grapefruit juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just got a little bit of a wispy head still. It, it kind of formed a nice layer of foam when I poured it yeah. into our glasses, but uh. A little cloudy. No, a little, yeah, cloudy. That's a good description. Still, it's yeah, it's got some residual sugar to it. It uh, definitely leaves some like viscous lines, maybe some fingers going down the side of the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't taste super sweet. It's a little more acidic. Yeah, a little more tart, I think. You're smacking your lips oh, super loud. Yeah, into so the sorry. Microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's tart. It's a little. Well, tart yeah, there. If you can't tell by Lauren's tongue smacking. But I have a pop filter. It's supposed to help. Well, it does until you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was warned that this was pretty sour. My uh, friend Spencer had it. And he's like, it's very, oh, you said it's very sweet, actually. Oh, really? Which is interesting huh. when you hear somebody describe a sour ale as very sweet. I'm like, it must be jammed full of, uh, you know, fruits. Jam. and Yeah, I mean, it's fruit and sour, so sometimes you get those residual sugars from the fruit. Um Really though, it's just it's a nice balance. Mm-hmm. I like this one quite a bit. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't really pick up much platypus, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of electricity though. Yeah, a little electro. I got, I definitely get that. But oh, I forgot to say, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little berry cocktail. Wait, he said this was sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I could see that. I guess I've like, had sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> you mentioned the residual sugar. I mean, it's a little bit there in flavor and in like mouthfeel, you kind of get that. But um, actually, a little bit of drying too. <laughs> I definitely. So there's a discord. I'm just, and a, I'm just hearing. There's a disconnect between right, like right in my ear <laughs> <laughs> of how it smells on the nose and then how it tastes in my mouth. On Oh, it tastes in my nose. So oh, it, well, like, it tastes would, in my I nose and smells in my mouth. expect for it to taste a little sweeter than it does. Mm-hmm. I agree with that assessment. Yeah. I yeah. think I picked this up from uh, one of our recent trips to Jarvis Street. I had a really big just wild card pickup that day. I had this sour ale. I had 
a fig double. I had a, a Nipa, I think a Czech Pilsner, <laughs> just all over the board. <laughs> yeah, just going for everything. Yeah. It is not super sweet. I had a super sweet beer this weekend. Did you? Yes. You had it too, actually. We went to Barrel Culture in oh, Raleigh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. In that. Oh, you want to know who didn't have a beer that was sweet? You. Oh, it was me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that Aww. was me. Aww. Some of us were working. Aww. Right. Aww. But anyway, we got to... We got <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We got there on the day of their release for batch number two of their Heavy Machine. Mm, oh, yes. Series. Uh, it was Stroop Waffle Edition Ooh. Pastry Stout. Oh, yeah. I bet that was so good. Oh, Lorne, you should have had it. Yeah, oh. you should have been there. Should have been there. But yeah, we got up to that tap room and uh, got to check out that beer. It was pretty good. Had a couple others there, yeah. too. Yeah, it was and a super sweet 11.5% beer. <laughs> yeah. Actually, 11.75, according to Untapped. But no, really delicious and... Paraculture, I think just when you go to the location, there's so much more accessible. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as bottles you can take home, things on draft, oh, some yeah. experimental stuff. So Yeah, we grabbed some good bottles, too. Uh, so you didn't miss out all, Lauren. We got you. We'll share. We got some bottles for you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Well, speaking of this beer, you know, is it an ale or a lager? Lager? I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, this being a sour, it's an ale, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you probably surmised by the uh, title of the episode, Ale versus Lager, or something similar, once I decided to name it after we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, you know, we're talking today, so we got we got a little wild last episode where we talked about wild ales and uh, mixed fermentation beers, but we realized we hadn't talked a ton previously about ales and lagers. You know, what's the big difference what are you know what is what really is the difference and i think it's a lot of thing that's misunderstood if anything we kind of thought about this uh too um from seeing like the posts that that are online of like either like haze boys or pilsner-ish formerly untapped wtf uh, <laughs> pilsner-ish people like posting things on untapped that say like oh I, this tastes more like an ale i expected it to be more stouty or something like that and just a lot of like general misconceptions about like what right lagers and ales are you know i think back to it too i you know i always used to see um utica club is from like my hometown area and on the can it always says a pilsner lager beer and i was like what the heck does that even mean like <laughs> a pilsner I lager beer so but it always confused me until i actually like understood what the differences were so we figured we'd take a little bit of a, a deeper dive here because we're exposed to tons of them. Yeah. And sometimes it's not always clear as to which is which. So it's uh, yeah definitely sort of a, a more interesting topic and got a little more scientific when I was going through and prepping the show notes than I expected. So Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is a lot more than just, oh, it's a different kind of yeast. There's a lot more that goes into it. And you can actually, you know, within certain styles get, from ale to to lager based on one modification so yeah yeah your fermentation styles and everything but really the the big thing when you're talking about ale versus lagers uh you know usually people think all right i've got a lager you know i've got a budweiser or i have a german style lager or i have a czech pills and you're like, oh yeah, that's a that's a lager right there. And then on the other hand, for ales, it's easy to think, oh, IPA, mm-hmm. Indian Pale Ale. It's got ale in the name, so you tend to think of those, but you don't really realize the mix in between. Big difference though being yeast. So yeast is that really uh, defining characteristic, and also some fermentation styles and and techniques. But really big thing, yeast, and a lot of science actually has gone into this. Some of it unintentional by humans, uh, <laughs> but as of more lately, uh, you know, getting a little bit more into genetics and the genomes of certain types of yeast and really finding out what makes them tick. So talking about yeast, though, there's tons of species of yeast out there, but we're really talking about domesticated brewer's yeast. So the things that we've created over time by brewing beer, uh, we as being humans <laughs> through through the ages, uh, believe it or not, there was times where we didn't even know that yeast existed. Uh, so we can thank somebody for that. Yeah. Just magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just magic. Or like, uh, it's funny to think about the history and, and read some because there was Ninkasi who was like the goddess of beer. And she was <laughs> what like was ex- <laughs> thought to make beer like happen and things like that. And then you have the Reinheitsgebot, which didn't even list yeast as an ingredient right. just because they didn't even know what it was. 
But when we're talking about domesticated brewer's yeast, we're really thinking about two different classes. So you have Saccharomyces, which we mentioned in the last episode as right. being kind of that uh, non-wild yeast strain, so the domesticated strain. But within there, there's two separate species, uh, Cerevisiae, which is our ale yeast, and then Pastorianus, which is the lager yeast. But figured we'd start with the good old ale yeast. Good old ale yeast, which we just consumed. <laughs> yeah, we did. In some form. So, yeah, I mean... Also, you got to really know your Latin to pronounce some of these yeast strains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, right? But yeah, you may have heard of uh, Cerevisiae uh, or ale yeast be called top fermenting yeast. Why Why do they call that, Lauren? Because <laughs> it has something to do with the temperature and where it goes. It rises. Okay, yes. So warmer fermentation. Yes. The yeast becomes active and rises to the top of the beer, mm-hmm. or the wort. I guess it's turning into beer at that point. Uh, and the foam, you get it. I mean, if you ever see a big, uh, if you've ever done any home brewing, you, oh, can, yeah. you can see a big foamy cloud on top of your fermenting yeah. beer. And that's the croisin, but that's the Croizen. the yeast <laughs> that's going up and forming there. But yeah, so it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. It ferments on the top, or it goes to the top once it's done fermenting. Very active uh, fermentation. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, until you really dive into brewing techniques and how different brewing, uh, temperatures and fermentation temperatures and yeast react, you don't really understand what's the big difference between a top fermenting beer and a bottom fermenting beer. And it's, you know, interesting to kind of dissect that a little bit and just yeah. see how the nuances and, and temperatures and, and a small uh, genomic strain of yeast reacting differently and creating a different product altogether. Yeah. And Lauren, you mentioned warmer temperatures. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big defining characteristics is where does that yeast species thrive and where does it have its optimal growth and optimal fermentation? So optimal growth temperature is a a uh, descriptor for yeast about where it basically repopulates the best and where it grows. Uh, and for ale yeast, so Cerevisiae, uh, that's around 90 degrees Fahrenheit or 32 degrees Celsius. But this is much higher than where you'd actually ferment the beer at. Uh, just because it grows well doesn't mean it produces nice beer. So if you have a little bit lower temperatures, you get a little bit cleaner flavors. You don't produce as many of those off chemicals that the yeast can produce as part of its metabolism. And uh, you really want to set the beer fermenting maybe 68 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit, around uh, 21 degrees Celsius. And that'll really help round out the flavor characteristics, create a lot of those esters that we're looking for, and then maximize that alcohol production. This is how I knew that um, we have brewed ale beers in the past and with an ale yeast. Because I thought about, you know, the temperature in which our uh, carboy set in the closet it's definitely at that warmer temperature <laughs> of around 70-ish degrees. We don't have a refrigerated household. We do not have a refrigerated closet. Oh, darn. So I've I pre- only I had prefer if you did. that. It's hot outside. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty interesting because I was finding some of this data in, you know, these, uh, like, environmental and applied microbiology journals. So that uh, the optimal growth temperature for the Cerevisiae came from an article published in 2011 uh, through that journal, but uh, just very interesting, the scientific stuff. They looked at 27 different yeast species and then wow. pulled apart the different ones and, and showed that uh, Cerevisiae works the best in, you know, in this range and is a better uh, for basically withstanding higher temperatures. And then part of that is due to the selection that we've done brewing over time. Right. And, you know, going back uh, several episodes, we had our cold IPA discussion and that was really interesting because the cold IPA recipe that was developed uses the lager yeast strain the pastorianus but at a an ale fermenting temperature so again we you know talked about the like optimal temperature for different yeast strains and it's interesting that it may not be optimal but you can still produce a beer with different parameters and different temperatures it just you know where is it going to thrive and what kind of reaction will it have if it's not in its optimal temperature Oh, yeah, and that's what, I mean, the things we've developed over time to say, these are the characteristics that we want this beer to have, and this is the characteristic that this 
uh, yeast will produce that at that time point. So you think about different style, like different yeast things. So within, it's very, it's confusing at first because, you know, you're like, you're in the species. You're in like the Saccharomyces cerevisiae species, but then you have different strains of the yeast within there. So I guess different genetic variants. And, you know, you have something like Kvike yeast, which ferments at like 90 degrees Fahrenheit as the optimal temperature, but it rips through that fermentation in just a couple days. Uh, And that creates, you know, super fruity, flavorful beers through that process. And then, you know, even talking to some of the brewers around town, you know, they're talking about the new thiolized yeasts that have all these different characters and can do uh, really different things, you know, even mimicking some characteristics that we usually get from hops like dry hopping getting some of those really juicy tropical fruity notes and it's all coming from the yeast but when we're thinking about you know yeast typical flavors a few beer styles kind of pop pop to you know mind including lauren's favorite style the half of acid if you ever listened before lauren does not like uh of or any really uh, fruity, estery beers. Yeah. Banana, bubblegum flavors. Yes, those esters are not my favorite. What do you have against the Vice family of beers, Lauren? It's what have not, they done to you? No, I yeah. just, they just don't sit well with me. Belgian beers, another one. You know, clove, spices. Yeah. Not a huge fan. Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just my Why? buds. It's just my taste buds. Just your buds. Yeah, my buds. <laughs> and this kind of, you know, it's something else we've talked about in other episodes, just about how much the impact of yeast can have on flavor. We always think of, you know, the malt bill and the hops to be sort of the the main ingredients in flavor production for a beer. But really, when it comes down to it, the yeast is dr- the driving force behind making the beer and also contributing these flavors, these aromas, these phenols and esters that we just talked about for these Belgian and German styles of beers. So, you know, it's you got to treat the treat the yeast well. You've got to get sort of in that again. You want to optimize the conditions with your temperatures. Your uh, brewing process just has to be, you know, modified in, in accordance with that. So we yeah. just don't we don't give yeast, I think, enough of a uh, don't get enough credit. Yeah, put it to put it simply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's funny, though, because you think about it, <clears throat> and if you've ever been to a, a brewery that uses, like, a house strain of yeast or something, or uh, if you've ever homebrewed, like me, and have cheaped out and not want to buy the expensive yeast because <laughs> you're still, you know, in your first, you know, 10 batches or so, you don't want to, you know, go crazy and buy some because you're probably going to mess something up. But they all kind of have a similar base flavor. And again, because your yeast is driving that component and that formation of the alcohol, it's driving those estery flavors. So that base flavor is always going to be the same. And then as you change the sugars you feed it and the hops that you flavor it with, it's definitely going to make a little bit of a difference, but you're still going to get, you know, a lot of yeast character coming through. So playing around with different yeasts, coming up with new uh, recipes based on those strains. You know, there's some brewers that get a new batch of yeast every time, but then there's other big production breweries that have their own set of yeast that they use for their brews, and then they try to cultivate them and keep them the same because it's a living organism. Mm -hmm. So there's some genetic mutations over time, so they have to work pretty hard to uh, keep that growth line pretty pure. Certainly. And, you know, I think that's something Ben talked about Ben Self from Local Oak, we had an interview with him recently, and he talked about getting, you know, new yeast all the time. And I think that's important for creating a, an actually unique beer, because really, if you're using the same base yeast and day in and day out, the beers that you're producing, you can add different adjuncts and things like that. But it's at the end of the day, it's going to be almost the same exact beer every time. Oh yeah, just because of the similarity of the yeast you're using. Especially repeatedly. yeah, especially if you have a similar like base malt bill. And then you're just adding on specialty grains or specialty malts to provide that different flavor for the wort. Like you're still kind of coming off the same thing, but just with little variations. So if you want to start something new, go and all out, trying different yeast strains, going crazy or just getting radical with your ingredients. Well, in a big production brewery like Sierra Nevada or New Belgium, that's important is to have, you know, consistency Mm -hmm. with the product. If you're turning out your fat tire, your, uh, you know, pale ale from Sierra Nevada. You want those to be consistent every single time. And so oh, yeah. being able to cultivate the yeast and reuse it and repurpose it and, and have that same 
genetic makeup and that that strain you don't want to have any kind of deviation really so yeah uh just kind of is, it's based on what your preference do. yeah if you're trying to be innovative or create something brand new then sure start from scratch with the new yeast strain but you know if you really want to have the same pale ale day in and day out for decades you've got to do your do your homework and that's why they've got a really big QA team there to make sure they're oh yeah everything's coming out consistently laboratories lab everything consistency is key if you're producing the same beer over consistency is key and you know we've been places that have their flagship line or not their flagship but their steady year-round beers and when you get that variation in them you're really a little bit disappointed because you're like this was good last time uh, this time it's kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, just something's off about it. And, you know, that's when really the disappointment comes. So it's, it's a art between creating something new and then being able to replicate that over time and doing that with a living organism that multiplies millions of times. Uh, it's pretty tough. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So ales in a nutshell, basically wrapping it up, warmer fermentation, I don't know if I said it before, 68 to 72 degrees, and they definitely give you a faster fermentation, like a week or so, uh, or can be faster with uh, different production equipment and with different yeast strains. So why do we have to have ours sit in the closet for like four weeks? <laughs> we have a little five-gallon batch with a lot of variation, and usually not four weeks, but let it fully ferment since our fermentation is not as controlled as mm, it would be in someone who has like a jacketed fermenter or gotcha. it's just not sitting in a glass thing in their closet <laughs> so you wanted to give it time to clean up right. and keep fermenting and clean up some of those off things that get produced through a slow fermentation gotcha. and i think that's one of the biggest issues that we've encountered home brewing is not getting the fermentation side of things just perfect so either low uh attenuation not getting enough you know, fermentation going so that the final gravity is a little bit too high. That throws some things off and just some tweak in there. But yeah, but some yeasts, I mean, three days, four days. And then at the end, you're going to get a beer that's uh, got a lot of yeast character, fruity, estery notes. Not every beer is going to taste the same, but generally is going to have a more uh, flavor impact than a lager yeast would. Yeah, and you know, your, your IPAs, your pale ales, Maybe not as much of that yeast flavor and character. It's still there if you have, you know, a trained taste uh, or t- trained palate for that. But your your vice beers, your Belgian styles that we talked about a little bit ago, those are really going to showcase that yeast flavor a little bit more. Yeah, even uh, some that ale yeast, mm-hmm. porters too. Yeah, and, and uh, other things like that. But so yeah, ales really cover a wide gamut of styles, which oh, yeah. is really fascinating. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is it's I think that what leads to a lot of confusion as well because you've got uh, you know, pale ale and then you've got stouts and porters and you're like, how can they possibly be in the same family of <laughs> <Yep>. beer? <laughs> but yeah, very interesting stuff. So our next uh strain I think you briefly mentioned in there is Saccharomyces pastorianus. So that's our lager yeast, which is the bottom fermenting yeast. Lauren, since you got top, what's the bottom yeast? What do you mean? That bottom, is the bottom, bottom yeast. fermenting yeast. Well, I mean, like, what? It, why is it called that? Because it sinks to the bottom. <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yes, nice job. But, Pastorianus, can you guys figure out who this was named after? Louis Pasteur. All right. Wow. <laughs> Did you just look that up? No. Oh, good. I thought that when you were talking about it earlier. Why is why is uh, Louis Pasteur important to yeast? He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Trick question. He's not important. For no reason at all. He just was out there and he's like, we're going to name this after you. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Would you like a strain of yeast named after you? Sure. Oh, great. Do you, re- do you really know why or no? Mm. He discovered something very important to this conversation. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> he discovered bread? What? <laughs> Before that, yeast. they did not have any bread. <laughs> did he discover fermentation? He discovered yeast. Yeast. Oh, son of a yeast. gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I was reading a little bit about it. And the experiment that he did in order to do it was he basically like took samples from a fermentation and like basically correlated the replication and the growth of the yeast 
uh, to the vigor of the fermentation. So like as it went along, the more yeast that were multiplying, the further along the fermentation progressed. So he basically said, ah, these little living organisms are necessary for fermentation. And if they were not alive, you would not get any fermentation. So very cool. And uh, you know what else I thought was cool when I was reading for this um, about how back in the day, I can't remember what year, but it was maybe 1500 to 1800 something. But people were consuming like bread and these like ales or I can't remember if it was ales or lager, but they were using it from a like a nutritional source. And this was before yeast had been like kind of identified and before they even knew it existed. Yeah. Like even kids, but it was only like 1% ABV. So it wasn't actually oh, yeah. alcohol. Like it's not going to get you drunk, but it was actually more sanitary than drinking water. Oh yeah. I mean, it's boiled. Uh, it's got some preservatives in it. You've got alcohol, which preserves it. So it's, it's really cool. And when you dive into like the history of beer and everything, I think that would be a great episode for the future uh, to yeah. talk about the history of beer I mean, Once upon we could do time. like 17 episodes on it, but the historical historical significance of the beer, really cool. Yeah. Thank you to all the chemists and microbiologists out there. Your work is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're ever interested, there are many bodies of literature out there that will get very scientific for you if you're a, a, a amateur or professional microbiologist. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said immature. If you're immature. <laughs> if you're an immature chemist. Immature chemist. Oh, great. Uh, is it like, is it like immature be, chemist like yeah. lighting farts on fire with a Bunsen burner or something? <laughs> oh, man. I, say I could be immature about the pronunciation of Pastorianus, but we, we won't go there. <laughs> oh, man. But yes. Pastorianus. Another very interesting thing is that, uh, so Cerevisiae, so ale yeast, can be found naturally on like some fruits, like the skins of fruits and just out in nature. But Pastorianus, not really so. It's a hybrid yeast strain that uh, is thought to have uh, come from uh, a brewer's yeast, an ale yeast, that got mixed in with some wine yeast like over time it just became this genetic variant uh called uh saccharomyces bionis i think i don't know how to say that one that one's pretty tough i probably am pronouncing all the other ones wrong too but that's all right <laughs> but this is a hybrid yeast strain and it actually shares 53 percent of its dna with cerevisiae and 72 percent of its dna with that uh bionis so a little bit more skewed towards that wine yeast, but uh, it's very cool. That was from Encyclopedia of Microbiology, wow, 2014 edition. <laughs> uh, but this this uh, strain, like we talked about temperature before, has a much lower optimum growth temp. And so this is around 77 degrees Fahrenheit or 25 Celsius. But again, that optimal uh, fermentation temperature is not the same thing as the optimum growth temp. So when you're fermenting beers with lager yeast, you want to have that fermentation occur at about 48 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit or eight to 12 degrees Celsius. And then after the fermentation period, you want to have a lagering period, which takes a few, several weeks to do and where you drop the temperature down to 32 to 36 degrees Fahrenheit. So pretty cold, almost freezing. Yeah. Uh, the freezing point would be a little bit lower for beer because it's got some dissolved sugars in it and then the alcohol the yeast uh, produces. But there are some frozen styles out there. Ice block, where they freeze it, take the water out, and that's a method of making it stronger. Wow. Clever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I accidentally did that with a homebrew one time. <laughs> the kegerator was too cold. Oops. And I was like, why does this taste so strong and concentrated? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's frozen. <laughs> like the whole, it's like a block of ice inside the keg. I was like, Dang. Which brew was that? I remember it. was like it. a grapefruit IPA or something oh, like that. yeah. It was not good. <laughs> I didn't really think it was great. It wasn't good to begin with, fine, but it was definitely but... not good when it was frozen. <laughs> yeah, I think you may have mentioned this in a previous episode that the term lager actually means to store. Yes. So. Lager? I hardly know her. Yeah. Um, I already used that. You did? Yes. Oh, did you do it in the beginning? Yes. I guess it's a common sense. Wow, you're a joker, Peter. I know. (laughs) Call me Carlos Mencia. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But also, 
Yeah. You know who that is? Lauren's looking very confused. I he he had a TV show. Mind Dementia. And then he famously got called out by like a bunch of people for. Is it canceled now? Oh, I haven't seen him on anything oh. in a long time, but who knows? Okay. Yeah. But yes, so much colder mm-hmm. and thus it is harder to brew and it takes a lot longer. Yep. So if you're a small brewery trying to churn out a bunch of different beers, lagers are tough to do because they take a lot of time yep. and they take a lot of energy to make. But very interestingly, this pays off because lager is by far the most popular beer in the world. Yep. Very much so. I was looking up some articles to try to find some stats, uh, and there was an article by uh, Vine Pear from 2022 that showed the top 10 selling beers in the world, and every single one of them was a lager. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And it makes sense, really, but also at the same time, it's a bit surprising because of the huge boom of the pale ale, IPA, sour ales that have Yeah, you become think about how many ales. Staples. Like, I definitely drink more ale than lager. Me too. But you have like the mega breweries that produce right. like millions of hectoliters every year of beer. And it's just crazy. I also found out something I didn't know. The number one selling beer in all the world is a Chinese brand called Snow. Huh. I had never even heard of that. Nope. But you can only get it in China. So. All right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we got to check that off the list sometime. Go to China to get some snow. Shanghai. Oh, here we come. <laughs> here we come. Here we come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Maybe. you know, it, while, like you said, the, the lager yeast, the Pastorianus, brewer's yeast is more friendly in those lower fermentation temperatures compared to the the ale yeast. What I find fascinating is there's, you know, that crossover we kind of foreshadowed earlier with, you know, kind of dipping into traditional ale styles of beer, like your IPA. You add in the lager yeast and kind of lager the IPA recipe and you've got an IPL now. And you know, you've got a porter, which is a typical ale. You can make that a Baltic porter by adding in the lager yeast. And so you kind of have these derivations that are from an ale style typically, but you just tweak them slightly. And Baltic porter actually is a pretty traditional style too. So oh, it's yeah. something that's been around for a while. It's not a, a new concept to to adapt styles based on the yeast you want to use in your your brew. So yeah, I'm kind of curious to see like at what point you know, how far can they, can we stretch this? At some point, will there be a, a maybe another Bruges that's outside of the, the two main hitters for the Saccharomyces right now? I don't know. Another, another, another some more hybridization, maybe. Yeah, yeah, who knows? We'll find out, I guess, as we evolve. I'm only going to drink synthetic beer. I don't know why yeast anymore. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm really excited for <laughs> the upcoming uh, Oktoberfest season because your yes. Mertzen, your... Best beer. I mean, those are a lot of good lagers. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're just tasty. Because, like you said, it takes a while, and it's harder to brew with them. But if you if it, if it you pull it off, the, the payout's delicious. You get a really clean, flavorful, malty beer. And I think it's, to me, it's more of a bragging right to have a really good lager brewed than having, you know, a sour or a, an IPA, where you can kind of mask it with some, oh, some dry yeah. hopping. You can you know muddy out those imperfections a little bit Blue you know something yeah <laughs> you can just make up fruit <laughs> just kidding oh man no I, I'm, I'm sure that this uh beer from 26 yeah, acres is delicious it's just funny to say yeah yeah now uh but true it's it really is because it's a lot more you need a lot of more technical perfection from the brewing side to make a lager because any errors you make become yeah. so much more apparent very picky it is very, very picky you got to be perfect with your firm Perfect. So what do you guys prefer? What kind of? I'm probably an ale gal. Ale gale? Mm-hmm. Ale gale. Too bad your name's not gale. Yeah. I, I think the majority of the brews that I tend to enjoy most are ale styles. So. Are you an ale wife? Excuse me? <laughs> an ale wife? I don't know if that is. It was usually, I mean, traditionally brewing was done by women. Oh. At home. Oh. So they were alewives. So again, the women's in the house, the man's at work, gosh. Well, not, it's just funny to think roles. because it usually, it, you know, it was mainly women making the beer and then now it's like the opposite and like toxically so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but True. Yeah. There's, oh. It's very interesting. But yeah, then they would sell them. They would sell their beers, to, you know, to oh, okay. support the family and stuff too. So they weren't 
It's not like homemaker, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Instead of the uh, the old adage of "Hey, go get me a beer," it's "Hey, go brew me a beer." <laughs> go make me a beer. Go make me a beer. <laughs> go make it yourself. Oh, that's why. Hey, it's... but women have, do, have been doing a good job for a long time, so mm-hmm. we need to support more I mean, women-owned breweries. Are Are you surprised by that? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I just I'm. Sheesh. If you want it done right, you do it yourself. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm under the, right. under the gun. Okay. Right I don't know. I think yeah. I, I drink more ales, but if I really had to choose, I just love a good lager. I love a Meritson. It's probably one of my favorite styles of all time, and I wish it was more readily available throughout the year besides just being seasonal. You know, I love a good Kolsch, because Kolsch, you can get a really nice, crisp, refreshing beer, but also get... Some of that spiced hop character in there. You know, there's just, there's, and then you get, you know, Baltic Porter. There's just, there's dark malty beers. There's some kind of hot forward beers. I think there's this like, this preconception that all lagers are just kind of these pale, straw-like, flavorless beers. And that's just not true. And so you just have to get out there and be willing to look and to try some styles that maybe aren't your first thought when you see or hear the word lager. Like I said, you can get a really full-bodied, rich, malty, kind of caramel bread beer, pretzel beer, like, you know, Meritzen just kind of has that oh, kind yeah. of salty pretzel flavor mm-hmm. to it. So you, you can get some hop characters, some really nice roasty malt characters. So, you know, I, I, I could live with just lagers. And I think, at the end of the day, they're some of my favorite styles if I just don't get to have them as often. Yep. Unless I'm drinking Bush Light. Yeah, Bush Light. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. I'm kind of either way. You know, you get a lot of variety, like a lot of crazy stuff with ales, and you get some good standbys too, but you do get those crisp, refreshing ones you can just have a few of and enjoy with lagers. I, I, I'm kind of torn. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if I'd be horribly distraught if either one of them suddenly ceased to exist because you'd have the other one to fall back on. Yeah, you can't really go wrong, but it's just fun to, to learn about the nuances between the two and maybe surprise yourself with, Hey, I didn't know this style was considered a lager, or vice versa. Yeah. And speaking of that, Warren suggested for this episode that we play a fun little game Ooh. where I'll uh, throw some beer styles and you guys have to classify lager or ale. And bring my buzzer. Who wants ready? to go first? Well, we can go. We can. I'll go first. Do we want to do it? Like Let me that, have it. Do we want to just do put me on the spot. The I'm ready. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> My ear, I think, just exploded. I'm sorry. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Since you mentioned it before, let's go with Kolsch. Kolsch. Now, this one's kind of tricky, I think, because I think it's it's a lager, but is it with ale yeast? I need a buzzer of some sort to be like... It's, oh gosh, Lauren! For some reason, you are very loud in my ear. I think I gotta adjust your microphone or something. But yeah, Kolsch is an ale. Oh, it's is it ale with lager yeast? Dang it! I didn't mess it up entirely. Just a gently, gently fermented ale. Just Not a lot of. Ch- all right, zero for one. Not a good right. start. That's all right. I got to trick you on some of these because you already ruined some of the ones that I was really, you know, oh, looking forward to. Talk too much. All right, Lauren. Okay. Schwartz beer. What the is that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Duck Rabbit has one. Uh, you've had it before. I, I have. All right, I'll switch. I'll Ale. go to a different one. No, it's uh, a lager. Don. All right. I prefer dress beer instead of shorts beer. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Munich Hellas. Munich Hellas is a lager. All right. Doppelbach. Why are you giving me all these hard ones? All I right, don't right, think I drink. <laughs> oh no! Stavelbach a lager? I don't. I don't know it. I'm guessing Nick's lager for Stavelbach. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nick is correct. What about a barley wine? I do know this one. I'll let Lauren. An ale. You are right. Ding ding ding. Yes. 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 Well done. All right. Saison. 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 It is an ale. Oh, let's see here. <laughs> Malt liquor. Oh. Um, sorry. What? 
Is this a trick question? Malt liquor. Malt liquor. Lager? You're right. Oh, that was a pure guess. Oh, also, if anybody has any issues with the answers that I'm giving as to whether they're correct or not, it's on the <laughs> Brewers Association website. So take it up with take them. Take that. <laughs> take it up with them. <laughs> uh, Nick? Yep. We heavy. Ooh, a wee heavy scotch ale. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I thought you were just saying wee heavy, and I was like, okay, that's interesting yeah, style. That's Lauren. one of my favorite names of a beer yeah. is a wee heavy. Sweet stout. Ale. Yep. <gasps> doing great. <So> killing <gasps> you are doing great. Ooh, let's see here. Some of them are very, they give. They really give away the, the thing. What about, so I mentioned it earlier, Icebach. Lager. Yes. Ice, ice, baby. Ice, ice, baby. Dun, 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 dun. Mm, mm, I'll mm, be mm. Bach. <laughs> what about a Dunkelweizen? Lager? Ale. Ale. Darn. Oh, man. Darn. Dunkelweizen. Alt beer. That's a good one. Ale. Or lager. You're right. <laughs> you gave up too quick. <laughs> All right. Now trust your gut. Belgian triple. Ale? Ale. Yes. What about ESB? Extra special bitter. I was about to say, I need a ale. definition. It is an ale. Hmm. That is an ale. And I guess we'll round it out with this one. What about American style lager? <laughs> it's a lager. It is. That's an American. Right. Since it's coming up soon, Oktoberfest. That is a lager. Yes. Woo. I kind of foreshadowed that. My bad. All right. I didn't. Uh, so you know, I was going to say Baltic Porter because that's a trick. Because regular oh, Porter know. is an ale, but Baltic Porter is not. Hey, so it's, it's a, a lager. Cold <laughs> IPA is another very tricky one. Mm hmm. Oh wait, used- oh wait, hold on. I know what this is. It's an ale made with lager yeast. Correct. Yes, yes. yeah, you use lager yeast, but you ferment it at higher temps. So it kind of draws a line. You're like, okay, if yeast is my main thing, but then it's mainly like, well, the yeast determines the fermentation temperature. But then if you take the other yeast and then ferment it at the wrong temperature, which one does it become? And in, right. the, in the terms of cold IPA, like you're thinking basically the, t- the temperature drives it. But I don't know. But in actuality, shouldn't it still retain based off of the yeast? Yeah, but the yeast because will you're taking its a different. Yeah, right. but you're still utilizing that yeast, and now it's just a different byproduct of the fermentation process at a different temperature at which it should actually ferment. But I guess does so. It shouldn't not you count still retain you on the original yeast? It's going to have a different flavor profile. But if you're not lagering it, does that not does that make it so it doesn't count? Am I not gonna? St- I'm not gonna store it. What? Lagering? No, lagering is when you what bring it down to that cold temperature. Cold. Yeah. yeah mm. it kind of brings in the question: the California Common, which is yes, brewing again with the lager yeast at ale temperatures. So who knows? Maybe they're, maybe they're just in limbo. They're in like yeast, yeast limbo. Li- yeast limbo. Maybe they identify as both. <laughs> maybe. Pastoricia. Mm-hmm. I like it. There you go. Fair enough. All right. Well, I hope that, you know, gives you a little bit better picture about what's a lager, what's an ale. You know, I test I yourself sometime. That'd technical. be fun. Yeah, it is kind of fun. Some of them are a little bit tricky. Yeah. Elsie, uh, are you, uh, my glass is kind of empty. I'm wondering if you might have something for that. Are you ready for Elsie's pick of the week? I'm a little thirsty. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it had been the whole episode without any singing from Lauren, so it was long overdue. It was due time. All right, assume your positions. Assumed. Don't look. Dang. Cracky. Cracky to beer. You'll also have to let me know, is this an ale or a locker? Ooh. How fitting. You know, I'm really just into games, so anytime I can make something a game, I'm exactly excited. Makes it a little more fun. All right. All right, here we go. 
served in an IPA glass based on the way I feel. So it's going to be an IPA. <laughs> so it's going to be an ale unless it's an it IPL. Like it doesn't really smell the yeah. IP variety. No, I'm getting, like an ale. <laughs> getting some more estery phenolic notes on the nose. Some, oh, I don't know if it's like. Sweet, it's pretty sweet. You, you I tasted went it. Taste already. I wasn't getting a ton off the nose, actually. Hmm. Yeah, this is a pretty light-bodied and light-flavored beer, but it's still got some. I don't even know. It's just very gentle. Not a ton of hop character. No, and actually, the malt character is muted, even though it. Yeah, I had some. It's too cold. Maybe we gotta warm it up. My hands a little bit, get a little swirl. I did take it out of the fridge a while ago. Yeah, but it was mm. in that koozie that's like super insulated. Also, the mouthfeel is very crisp. Crisp. I'm gonna take a look at this. Oh wow. Yeah, we might be getting ourselves into a trap here. It's a trap. This looks trap, to me trap, like trap, trap. a lager and i didn't know that by the smell or the taste until i looked at it it doesn't taste like it when they, it's like too too fruity and sweet we said that about the bush the bush that one time that it was fruity <laughs> that was in our ipa glasses though this one's yeah, a clean glass it's clean a little bit of effervescence I mean, yeah i don't know i mean it's, it's just super pale and clear wait is it whatever it is it's really cold so yeah, this is has this to me is like a a light lager, perhaps a pilsner. Did you bush light us again? Bush heavy us again? No. No. Did you? This is actually a craft beer. Hmm. Is it a? Hmm. I wonder if it's like. So the thing is, like on the finish, as I get more more flavor. One of you has guessed it. What? One, one of you has a not. Lager. What did Nick say? A pilsner lager beer. Yeah. Is it a Czech Pilsner? Or just a... The can only says German-style Pilsner? The can only says Pilsner on it. Hmm. Are you going to reveal it? I am. Ah! Ooh. Ooh, it is. Yes, this is brisk. A Pilsner. Why is this so sweet? I didn't pour me any, so let me have a sip. Oh. I don't believe that I was aware... Brewery Bavana had brewed a Pilsner. Yes, this is Brisk by Brewery Bavana oh, in yeah. Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What is this, about 4.1%? I think it's like 4.3, maybe. 4.5 is what Untapped says, was the can say. What, ABV? Mm-hmm. 4.2. Yeah, sometimes on Untapped it's not correct. You know, it's so weird, though, because smelling it at first in this class... I smelled kind of like some... It smelled fruity, like... Estery, like phenolic yeah. notes, some kind of bready... What's the rating on this? Like spice bread almost. And then some... The average rating fruit. on Untapped with everyone is 3.77. Which actually is really good for a Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Like usually... The rating amongst my friends is a 4.0. I've had one friend check it in, Ooh. and that was Nicholas. Oh, <laughs> Did I have this at the NC Hops Fest? I think so, because it was in car. And I still can't get over. It just their uh, their session I- IPA was delicious too, Brewery Bavana. Oh yeah, that piglet we had a couple things ago was really good too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow, yeah. really threw us off here. Yeah, it's I mean, got. I mean, we kind of found our way eventually, but I think you found it better than I did. It's uh, so this actually was canned on three eleven. Uh, of this year so just a few months ago uh and surprisingly yeah it just got a lot of i mean that's pretty good it's definitely like it's got that aftertaste of kind of like uh you know super malt forward and maybe a little bit herbal hop you know kind of flavor to it but uh definitely a light easy drinking beer not what i would have guessed though i had a hard time like my first smell was like oh yeah this is sweet and fruity yeah ale. I think- and then it's like hang on I think I, I messed myself up in that context the whole time. 
Sometimes we really get tricked by the blind tasting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I think I learned some today. What'd you learn, Lauren? A lot. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> um, I learned. Um, I learned a lot of interesting facts. Okay, we'll come back to you. Nick, what'd you learn? <laughs> well, I actually hadn't known much about the kvike yeast, the domesticated mm. yeast that has a threshold for higher fermenting temperatures. That was really fascinating to me that it, it's so much higher than the other brewer's yeast that we oh, um, yeah. talk about, the two main domesticated brewer's yeast. So I'll have to do a little more reading about kvike because I'm fascinated by the concept of something that can be up to like 105 degrees Fahrenheit because really that makes it a lot more have a lot more integrity, I guess, than other other yeast strains. You're not having to nurture it as much, I guess. You can yeah. kind of leave it out in any condition unless your home is. I mean, even in the hot summer day with the broken AC, it's not going to get to those temperatures. So it's hopefully it's not. safe, <laughs> and you're not going to worry about having those off flavors by having yeast in a fermenting in a in conditions that are not optimal for it. So oh yeah, Kvike is something that's going to be on my radar for some more reading. Very interesting stuff. How about uh, you? What I learned. Oh gosh, I learned that I got trick, tricked up by Lauren. Just when I start to think I'm getting the hang of it, she knocks me down a peg. Yep, it's but my job. It's good though, it's fun. You get life, knocked down, duty. you get up again. I get up again, you ain't never going to keep me down. That's what you think. I think this is good training for when we do the Cicerone stuff. You're welcome. Thank you, Lauren. You're welcome. All right, what'd you learn? Again, I learned a lot of things. I learned that I need to study more uh, against the differences between lagers and ales because... Um, I think I get lucky sometimes, and I guess correctly. <laughs> That's all right. Still counts. Still, Still counts. counts. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, that was episode number 38 of Secondary Fermentation, presented by East Carolina Beer Brewing. If you have questions about ales or yet lagers, reach out to us. We're on uh, Instagram at East Carolina Beer, Facebook, East Carolina Beer and Brewing, Twitter at East Beer, and our Gmail, East Carolina Beer at gmail.com. As always, give us a nice review, maybe five stars on your favorite podcast platform, and uh, reach out if you want to chat. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.